Greetings and welcome to the Talk of History podcast. I'm your host, Scott, here with my wife and historian, Jen. Hello. On this podcast, we talk about history's continuing impact on us and our personal journey through YouTube as we continue to explore, record, and share our history walks with you. Now, before, Jen, we get to today's podcast topic, I want to ask for reviews on Apple Podcasts. Uh, We haven't gotten any in a while. We do batch record these. And if you don't have an Apple device, you can uh, reach out to us to ask us questions or drop us a comment over at our website, talkwithhistory.com. But again, Apple Podcast reviews always help. And if you leave us a review, four or five stars, shoot, if you leave us a one-star review, I'll read it here, right here on the podcast. But also, don't forget to check out our other podcast, The History Buzz, which we're going to be reviving soon where we interview folks while chatting about history over a couple of drinks and let the conversation wander where it may. Now, unless you've been living under a rock since 2015, you will likely know some of the songs from the Broadway musical Hamilton. I know Jen does. (laughs) But did you know that you don't have to pay a ton of money for a Broadway ticket to see what Hamilton saw or to walk in Hamilton's footsteps. So Jen, what are we talking about today? We're going to talk about the Battle of Yorktown. The Battle of Yorktown. So why are we talking about the Battle of Yorktown today? Because we actually visited the battle site in Yorktown, Virginia. Yep. So we're going to talk about what that's like to go there and what you can see and some of the similarities between the Hamilton song and what's actually there for you to see. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's easy for us to get to. So where is the Yorktown Battlefield? So Yorktown Battlefield is in the city of York. It's one of those early colonial cities. Um, it, it, the city was called York first, and it was named after York, England. Yeah, and, and, and today it's in between like Norfolk and D.C. Yes, yeah. and it was settled in 1691. So it's one of those old colonial towns. But it's right. in that historic triangle that yep. we talked about in the Williamsburg um, podcast. So... There's a, a neat little triangle of history here in this southern western part, uh, southern eastern part of Virginia, with Williamsburg, Yorktown, and Jamestown right. all within about 20 miles of each other, and they all form like a triangle. Right. Yeah, we've spent most of our time in one corner of that yeah. of that triangle, but um, going to Yorktown. It was actually more of an experience than I than I realized because it's it covers a lot of land. It's really neat, and I think people should see it because it it does do like a seven mile, forty five minute kind of battlefield drive yeah. that you can do, and you can get the map at the um, at the National Park Service. Yeah, at the visitor visitor center. Center's visitor center. But it's free to do the drive. And if you get the chart, it'll explain everything to you. Plus, there's signs everywhere you stop. Yeah, and you can't really walk in between these signs. No. This is, it's absolutely driving. You might be able yeah. to, to bike it if yeah. you got, if you, you if, and if you're bringing family, like this would be a bigger kid it's, biking thing. But yeah. honestly, it's most likely it's a driving. It's a driving tour. And they have like a red route and a yellow route. Right. And the red route is like the British side, and the yellow route is the American Revolutionary didn't, side. Didn't they also have some French? 
So the French were with the Americans. Okay. All right. So <laughs> yeah, I have I to educate know, Scott as we... <laughs> you, you do, even after I make Lafayette, the video. Lafayette, Even after I make the video. Um, I just, I thought they had some separate French routes too. So on the yellow side, when you go drive out, you'll you'll hit um, Lafayette's campground. You'll okay. hit Rochambeau's campground. So then you'll hit George Washington's that's, campground. Yeah, that's probably what I was thinking. So that's what you remember yeah. is they camped separately because they, camp, they camped with their troops. Right. And George Washington was the furthest out and he's the farthest out because... He's the most protected. Yep. Right. So and so that's where we close the video. Yeah. yeah because yeah. I'm so excited to walk in George Washington's footsteps. Yeah. And to be where there's a tent that's in the visitor center. Yeah. That's George Washington's campaign tent. Yeah. And that tent more than likely was at that spot. Yeah. Where we were walking or walking around. So Is that where the surrender near the surrender battlefield or was that somewhere else? No, the surrender battlefield is about midway between both of those routes. It's not, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's not specifically on the yellow route. It's not specifically on the red route. It's kind of where they both converge. Yeah, yeah. And that's the surrender field. Yeah, that was, that was, that to me, that was really cool. But I think we're kind of jumping yeah, ahead we're a little jumping bit. Ahead. So, so set the stage for, okay, for you, for the battle here. York, the city is on a, it's, in Eastern Virginia, it's on a river. It's on York River. It's called Yorktown. At about the 1781, it becomes the epicenter of the Battle of Yorktown. So leading up to that, it you know, the U.S. had been at war with England for about six years by the summer of 1781. Yeah. And then when they you get into Hamilton, they're like the Battle of Yorktown, 1781. You're like we've been, the America's been fighting for six years now. Um, we the first shots are, are fired in 1775 at, Con at Lexington and Concord. Yep. And then you have these hard winters of 1777, 1778, 1779, 1780. We did Washington Crossing. Yeah. So these hard winters that Washington is enduring, there's no real. They have a few decisive victories, but nothing that's really over. You know, that's winning the battle. Right. So what happens in 1780 is the French send over 5,000 troops. And the French are helping America because they're at war with England. Yeah, I mean, if correct me if my high school history memory is wrong, but the French helped us a lot. A lot. I mean, we win because of the French. Right. And then they're going to have a revolution yeah. right after. And, and we're just going to hang out. And we're just going to watch them kill their monarchy. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it, so the French come in 1780 and they bring Rochambeau. So Rochambeau is a general, a French general, and he's very like like Lafayette. Yeah. He's very um, professional, good at his job, just like Washington. So Washington goes to meet him. He goes up to Rhode Island to meet him in 1781, and they make this plan and they decide to attack Cornwallis and surprise him. Judge Washington loves the surprise attack, right? When you think of Washington Crossing, he loves this idea of a decisive victory in one location he's he's very single battlefield focused he's right. always been that way that's which a, is traditional of the of the, of the yeah, era and for george washington yeah. if you study george washington he is very single battle focused oh really mm -hmm. huh. and so he him and um rochambeau travel down to williamsburg in september of 1781 and 
so that's when I spoke with Lafayette and Williamsburg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where did you yeah. guys stay? Yeah, on last week's podcast. Yeah, so, so Washington stays at like the With House. Yep. Right, and they they plan their um, strategy because, like I said, they're in close proximity to each other, right? And so in September of seventeen, September twenty eighth, actually of seventeen eighty one, Washington with Rochambeau and Lafayette will travel to York and attack Cornwallis, and this takes about three weeks. The whole battle is from September twenty eighth, seventeen eighty one, and they finally will surrender on October seventeenth. Yeah, and then the whole surrender. Um, ceremony happens October 19th uh, of 1781. Yeah. So this is when, right before this happens, in the beginning of September, the British send some ships down to try to reinforce York. Yep. They're kind of hearing that these French um, ships are coming and the French just annihilate them. Yeah. And that's one of the, if you go to the visitor center, they have a recreation of the HMS Sharon, and the kids loved it, and you can walk through it. Yeah, that's right. That, yeah. was, that was really neat. It's really neat. So that's a recreation of a British frigate, okay. 44-gun British frigate, that the French sunk right there in the York River. Yeah. It's still there. And I think that's the one thing that I remember from my high school about Yorktown and all that stuff like that. That and then obviously the battlefield, mm-hmm. but the French holding them off there yes. was like the decisive thing yes. that that kind of turned the tide and and tipped the scales in our favor. Well, that's what happens is the British can't get in to reinforce Cornwallis. Yep. They go back up to New York, and Cornwallis is kind of like, okay, um, I'll give it my best shot. But then George Washington is very strategic, yeah. And what he does, and we'll talk about it. But um, Cornwallis just gives up basically. So when they get there, they start basically, Cornwallis is dug in to Yorktown. And if you go to Yorktown, you will see these earthworks. That that was really... Yeah, they still exist today. That was really... like. So again, just kind of from from someone who wasn't particularly interested in this, right, growing up, and even in college, like, again, I'm not... History is not my my area of particular interest. I I love doing this with you. But when I'm there, it was one of those interesting things. Like I probably never would have gone. Maybe I would have gone, you know, by myself. But you, you bring me out there. You bring the kids out. We bring the kids out there, and being there and like literally walking around the battlefield. I love how at the Yorktown battlefield they they actually don't develop a lot of it. Mm-mm. They let a lot of it kind of stay open, and it really gives you the feel of what it must have look like and felt like back then it doesn't feel overly developed like no. some big park like some you know whether it's the jamestown settlement re- recreation which we'll talk about another time and it it, it felt like you walking around like oh my gosh like here's these redoubts that they yeah. dug or here's these earthworks that they dug and they dug this notch in this hill here yeah. just so the cannon could shoot over there yeah the trenches the trenches and like that was so cool and i mean and for kids they're just running they're having a blast uh-huh. they're running yeah. they're running everywhere it that to me was probably the coolest piece of it again i like kind of like the experience sure, of this so we're it was walking really in neat. history it was, right? it was it was so cool so they dug in these huge trenches that's what they did the british had reinforced yorktown dug in these huge trenches to kind of guard them yep. made these readouts to kind of they're kind of like a readout is kind of like a little um fort 
Yeah, I would say like yep. you know when you put all the the earthwork around you and yeah. you can have and they'd have like the sharp the, the sharp logs yep. that they sharpened sticking out. Yep, the sharp logs will be all around it, and they put para- parapets. Yep, uh, where they can put cannons up on top. Yep, and what George Washington did with his troops is he gets in and starts digging in close to those yeah. so he can get his cannons in so what you see is you'll see the siege lines you'll see the first siege line yeah. the second siege line and you'll see the british siege line and those haven't changed they've they're grown over with grass now yeah but their earthwork hasn't changed so you can walk on them and yeah. walk inside them. it was it was so cool because you can walk down and, and they are probably good if you're down inside of a readout yeah it's probably a good six, seven feet. Yeah, if you see the video, my opening is from readout nine. Yeah. So I'm standing in the, the so there's two readouts that were instrumental in the taking of Yorktown, nine and 10. 10 is the one Alexander Hamilton took, nine is the one that the French took. Is 10 the one he sung about? Yeah, 10 is the one he sung That's about. That's the song. We'll okay. talk about that. Uh, sure. But nine is the one you can go in today and yes. stand in because it's, really cool. it's more inland. 10 is on the water and it's been slowly. Um, deteriorating but um nine is is more inland so we were able to stand inside of it and i talked about can you imagine 400 people in here that night and because that's how many people were inside there yeah and it was again to kind of toot our own horn you know on some of the production value we have like these little wireless Mm -hmm. mic you know receivers so i actually stood at the top of the readout and you were standing in the bottom and as you walk towards me it helps it helps in the video give you perspective because yes. sometimes it's hard to see from a straight video shot the perspective of how deep these things are, yes. how big they are. But when you're walking, when I'm videoing you, you walking through it and the audio is very clear, you're yes. talking about it as you're walking towards the camera. That was that was a fun thing for me to do just from the production side. And they're very so you can park close to them and then walk out to them. Yep. But they are accessible if you have even a wheelchair, I think they would be. Yeah, yeah, I think a good portion of them are. Not all of them, but. that Those readouts are really close to the visitor center. So like I said, if you start at the visitor center, you'll go in. They have a recreation of the ship. They also have George Washington's campaign tent. That was neat. Um, it's protected. It's, you know, so for yeah, conservative ship. Yeah. But you can walk inside underneath it in glass. Yeah. And it kind of lets you know how tall George Washington was. Because at for the yeah, time. Yeah, they, they have markers. That's right. Yes, for the time he's a tall man. He was six, something? six three. Yeah, that's pretty tall. When the average man around then is about five nine. Yeah. So he, he's pretty tall for the time. And they also have Cornwallis's campaign table. What yeah. they believe is Cornwallis's campaign table, and I talk about why they would say that. Usually they don't have exact prominence, but right. it's it points to it. Yeah. But that's also protected, and you can see that's probably the table he used. For his strategy and planning. and So those are the three really cool things in the visitor center. And then, of course, you can get your map to start your drive. But, um, you know, there's, there's about 17,000 troops for the American Revolution. You got about nine, eight to 9,000 Americans. And the French have brought about seven to 8,000. And then Cornwallis has about 9,000 with him. He has about 7,000 British and 3,000 Germans. Yeah. So remember, yep. we talked about this, the, the, the Hessians. Yeah. And so they start to dig in. This starts in September. And so the song is about, September, about October 14th. And October 14th is when Hamilton and a French uh, officer are given the orders to take these redoubts. Yep. 
right? And the French officer is told to take nine, which is the inland one, yep. and ten. And Hamilton's told to take ten, which is on the water. Now in the play. Is this where, because he's always asking for his own command. He like, keeps asking for command. He wants to is prove it, is his this, name. Is this his chance? This is his chance. This right. is his one chance. Boy, like, talk about, like, perfect timing. <laughs> you know, right? Like, here's your chance. It's the last battle, right? Obviously, they didn't, <laughs> they know, didn't that. know that. They didn't know that. Yeah. But, like, hey, here's your last chance. And, like, Hamilton's like, oh, it's my one time. Like, he does it, and then the battle ends. He's like, yep, yeah, I'm pretty I know. Awesome. And honestly... <laughs> So the the whole part is like take the bullets out your gun, take yeah. the bullets out your gun. We move under cover, we move as one. George Washington had given the orders to just use your bayonets, right, to keep it silent. To keep it silent, he didn't want to tip them off because Cornwallis doesn't think they're that close. Right, he doesn't have any intel to let them know that they're that close, and so they take these readouts by surprise. Yeah, and because they take them by surprise, there's really very low casualty numbers. I think um, Hamilton loses eight. And the French officer loses 20. But when you're fighting 400 men, that's a pretty big deal. Um, For the French side, so the French attack the Germans. That's who's inside their readout. And when they see the French coming, they fire back a little and then they go, okay, we give up. (laughs) They're like, we don't. They're like, we're not really invested in this. This isn't really our country. Yeah, so that's why... You know, it's kind of like Hamilton did it, but it's like, okay, there you go. You know, but if you go there and we have we have gone there, you know, for friends for Flat Stanley, there's a whole thing that says Alexander Hamilton stood here. They've got a whole sign. You can stand where Alexander Hamilton stood. And and I'm sure that didn't come around till 2015. I know. After the play came out. um, John Lawrence, who's also a character in the Hamilton play. John Lawrence is with Hamilton when he makes this siege of Readout 10. Um, so he's also there. So that kind of, that, that is accurate of the song. Um, and then he talks about, you know, a a young man stands on a parapet waving a white handkerchief that does happen. So they take these readouts October 14th, they fill them with cannons. They start firing onto York. Cornwallis just basically holds out as long as he can. And on the 17th, he surrenders and he does have a drummer and a British officer climb on a pedipet and wave a white handkerchief, okay. just like in the song. Oh, wow. Uh, and then on the 18th, the day, the day after, is when the four officers meet at Morehouse. So that's another place you can go. Remember we went to Morehouse? We walk around it. And vaguely. That's where the negotiation of surrender takes place. And that's one... Oh, am- yes. Remember? Yeah, yeah. One American officer. It was like an actual house. It's an actual okay. house. Yeah. One French officer, two British officers. And they meet in there. And they... Basically, at the time, you had to come on terms of surrender. Right. Like, what are what are your terms? And George Washington, you know, you can't unfurl your colors. You can't walk away with your banner flying high. You can't walk away with any bullets in your gun. Yeah, I think I think that they had like threw down their arms. Yeah, you have to do these kind of symbolic things. Um, your highest in command has to give the sword to me. Well, what happens the day of surrender, which is October eighteenth? At the Surrender Field, yep. which is awesome. Yeah, it was cool. They've got like a whole audio thing yeah. that you can like, you could like go in stage. there, you're looking over. Yeah, it's like a, you, so you walk down from the parking lot. It's probably what, maybe a hundred yards? Yeah. Maybe, right? So you walk down this path to this kind of little 
larger stage gazebo covered thing, but then they've got audio playing. Mm-hmm. And so it's telling you and they're playing like the the drums and the trumpets and yeah. you know that they're, they're so it sounds like you're there and then you're looking over where they surrendered. Yeah, like what would you see that day? Really you're neat. looking out on the field, what would you see? You will see a line of American officers. You will see a line of British officers. Yeah. And then you will see the French having to walk side by side between them. Yeah, and they've got the old kind of beam like the cross beams, mm-hmm. right? That would line kind of Almost like fences. Yes. Um, So Cornwallis that day says he's sick and he doesn't show up. Yeah, I'd be sick too. And because of that, his second in command presents the sword to George Washington, but George Washington won't accept it. He makes his second in command take it. Oh, wow. So very symbolic. All of this is like, you know, men of the time being. Sure. It's it's a different era. Yeah, a different era. But, it, it you know, it's very neat to be there. Uh, the war will... This, so this is the decisive battle, yep. right? So there won't be another big battle. Although the war technically is not over until another two years. September 3rd, 1783 is when the Treaty of Paris is actually signed. Yeah. At this time, British Parliament has backed down armament. So they, they basically won't attack anymore. And so these two years are basically just little skirmishes, but nothing big until the war is over. And there was a centennial in 1881 and Chester Garfield spoke because he had been president for 30 days because I mean, Chester Arthur spoke because he had been president for 30 days because James Garfield had just died. Oh, yeah. And then there was a bicentennial in 1981 when Ronald Reagan spoke. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And and again... If you're ever in the area and you're doing the Williamsburg thing, because that's the big draw, mm-hmm. right? That, I'd, I'd say for the area, right? That's that's uh, the the first first one that everybody's going to go to. If you get a chance, though, I, go to go to Yorktown Battlefield because one, if you kind of just want a day where you can drive, do a little bit more driving, a little bit less walking, right? Maybe do Williamsburg first, walk around all day, get your feet all nice and tired, then go drive out to Yorktown. And just driving around there was amazing because we ended up going back later. And the lighting was just beautiful. So we went around sunset and it was the most serene and beautiful. It was like, think of any movie that you've ever seen about, you know, Revolutionary War era. I mean, it was just those purples and reds and oranges. And it was like, I felt like I was... I was in that time. It was absolutely amazing. And like we said, this battlefield has been relatively untouched. Yeah. So you do feel like you're standing in history when you're there. It it, it was just, that was one of those things, you know, aside from being in like Colonial Williamsburg and even Colonial Williamsburg, you feel like you're there, but there's a bunch of there's people walking around with strollers and stuff like that, right? Here, I really felt like I was transported back in time. It was just absolutely amazing. So as you can tell from today's podcast, watching a Broadway musical bring history to life is an amazing experience. But what I hope you learned from today's podcast was that being able to walk in the footsteps of those historical giants gives you just that much more context to all the words and rhymes of those catchy Hamilton tunes. So thank you to listening to the Talk With History podcast. And please reach out to us at our website, talkwithhistory.com. But more importantly, if you know someone else that might enjoy this podcast, please share it with them. Especially if you think that today's topic would interest a friend. Shoot them a text and tell them to look up the Talk With History podcast because we rely on you, our community, to grow. And we appreciate you all every day. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.